0: Welcome to the JMP cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This weekly podcast is centered around the question what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we are going to be diving into a specific scene that's recorded in the book of Revelation. My hope for you today is that you would walk away from this episode feeling encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's message. Well, today I want to talk to you guys about this moment that's recorded in the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation can be very confusing, and in no way am I trying to say that I understand everything that's going on. But what I do know is that John, the guy who wrote the book, said that this book is the revelation of Jesus of Nazareth. I want you to think back to a defining moment in your life. Maybe it was the moment you found out that you were accepted to that university that you applied for. Or maybe it was the moment you decided that you were going to ask that person out. Or when you were deciding to leave that job that you hated. Or maybe it was the moment you decided that you were going to leave your family, that you were going to leave your parents' house and you were going to go on your own and discover the world for yourself. I'm sure as you think about that moment, there was a lot of feelings as you were processing whether or not you were going to do this or not, and you knew that this moment was going to change the rest of your life. And yet, I'm sure that right now, years later, or however long it's been since you made that decision, when you look back on that moment, you probably had no idea just how significant that moment was going to be. You see, there's something about when you're living in it, you can get this sense that something bigger is going on, but there's nothing like living through it and having that perspective afterwards to see the fullness of the significance of that moment. Why I say all that is because this book of Revelation is an eternal perspective on Jesus. So when you look at Matthew or Mark or Luke-Acts, these Gospels, they're historical tellings of Jesus. As in, they're, they're about where he was born, they're about what he lived, what he taught, what he did. All these different things are historical events, and these guys were writing it down for Bradham, what he was doing. But when you come to this book of Revelation, as opposed to it being just a historical book about Jesus, it turns into something deeper. It turns into an eternal revelation of who Jesus of Nazareth was and is. And so we have to approach this book in a different angle because it's through this revelation of Jesus that we, we learn these truths about Jesus that are going to last for all of eternity. So today as I was praying about what to speak about, I really felt like we, want, um, that we need to focus on this one scene that's recorded in this book. And what I'm hoping is that through this we can be reminded of this truth of who Jesus is and that that would transform our hearts and our minds and the way that we live out our life. So before I get into it, I might as well pray. I don't know if we're allowed to pray over a podcast, but we're going to do it. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your, your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you know everyone who's listening to this right now. I thank you that you know exactly what they're going through. You know exactly where they are. Father, I ask that you would speak. That you would do what only you can do. Jesus, I'm just a man. I've got nothing. But Father, I want to submit to you right now these words. I want to submit to you now my heart. Lord, we want to hear from you. God, I want to hear from you. I thank you for your word that is true, and I ask that we be able to see that truth today and that we be able to experience it and live it out in the way that you call us to be. Thank you, God, that you are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So, I'm going to read from Revelation 5. I'm just pulling it up. So, it's uh, from the uh, English Standard Version. So, Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll, Written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look in it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look in it. And one of the elders looked at me and said, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. So in this passage, we hear this phrase, the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. Now for any Christian Jew hearing this, they would immediately think about the prophecy that Jacob spoke over his children in the Old Testament. So Jacob, it was through Jacob, his name was also Israel, and it was through his children that the nation of Israel was born. Now one of his child, children was named Judah. And so when there's this moment in Genesis where Jacob's recorded praying and prophesying and blessing his children. And when he prays for his son Judah, he uses this phrase and he talks about this cub that was going to come out of Judah. And basically what he was talking about was this king. And he was declaring that Jesus, or that God was going to have a king be raised up out of Judah's children. And so when you fast forward years later, it was out of Judah that the, the man David was born. And David was one of the famous, one of the really good kings of the Old Testament. He has his faults for sure, but he was still a very good king. And so when, when uh, John is saying this phrase, the Lion of Judah, what he's saying is that Jesus, because he's about to bring Jesus into the picture, he's saying that Jesus is the Lion of Judah. And then right after that phrase, what does he say? The Root of David. Now, what's that about? Well, when David was king, he was a great king, but he wasn't a perfect king. And there was prophets of that day that were actually prophesying about a day where there would be a king that's greater than David that would come. You see, David was only king over Israel, but they were prophesying about a king who would be king not only over Israel, but over all the world. And so what that prophecy said was that it was out of David that there would be a new king that would rule all the world. And so when we come into this moment we hear this phrase, the line of Judah and the root of David, what John is saying is that this angel is proclaiming that the line of Judah, the king, the one that was declared to come through Jacob, through the promise of God, the one that now through David's time when the prophets proclaimed that there would be a new king, he's arrived, he's here. This is an amazing truth. You see, this is saying that Jesus is the, the king of not only Israel, but over all the world. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you already know this, but does your life reflect this truth? If someone were to walk beside you for a week, let's say this past week, someone was able to hold you and walk right beside you, and they were able to hear all the thoughts that you had and see how you come with every decision that you made, how you spend your money, how you treat, the people that were around you, how you treat your coworkers, how you treat your spouse or your partner, how you treat your children, how you treat your friends, how you treat the people that weren't treating you well, how you how you drive down the road. If they were to see all of these things and how you process and how you communicated, all these different things, would they be able to after that week say, Wow, this person's life, I don't understand all of it, but what I do know is that this this Jesus guy, he has a lot of say for this person. The way that they spend their money. The way that they talk to people. Yeah they were making mistakes. And they were you know whatever. But they consistently came back to this Jesus. And this Jesus really defined and dictated. And and um, and influenced the way that they lived. Does your life point to the truth that Jesus is king? Because if we're following Jesus it's supposed to. I just want that to sink in. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're declaring that Jesus is king. We can believe that in our hearts and in our minds, but if it doesn't reflect in our actions, then we have to ask this deeper question, is do we actually believe what we say we believe? Now, I know if you're like me, right now as I'm recording this, it's COVID-19, we're in the thick of it, I have health issues, so I'm not able to actually go to work right now, and it is, doesn't look like Jesus is king. Okay, you've got racism in the States that's just rising up. Obviously, it's here in Canada too, but there's just a greater awareness of these things. There's political climate right now because of Trump and the other guy, and there's just all these things going on right now, and it doesn't feel like Jesus is king. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe there's a time in your life where you look and you're like, yeah, Jesus was king, man. Like if if that person was that person that was walking with me were to walk a year ago or five years ago, they would have definitely said that. But now I don't know. You know, what's interesting to me about this scene is that, uh, is what actually comes next. You see, I'll, I'll read that to you. I'm going to start with what I've already read, though. So I'm in Revelation five. Like I said, weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, among the elders I saw a lamb, standing, as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb each holding a harp and a golden bowl of full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you have ransomed the people of God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Wow. So John says that he hears about this lion of Judah, But when he looks and he sees, he doesn't see a lion, he sees a lamb. How often in our life are we looking to Jesus to be a lion, and yet he comes as a lamb? Now let's get historical. When you look at the world that Jesus entered into, the Jews were waiting from this prophecy about this new king that was going to come from David. At the time when Jesus came into the scene, they were being oppressed by this nation, Rome, by the Roman Empire. And this, this was like deep oppression. And, and yet, when Jesus came onto the scene, they were hoping that this new king was going to overthrow, that is, destroy the Roman Empire, and then rule from Israel, God's chosen land, the whole entire world. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels or Jesus' life, that's not exactly what happened. And the Jews were super upset about this, because when Jesus came onto the scene, he said, love your enemy. He said crazy things that they were not ready to hear. You see, they were looking for a lion, but what they got was a lamb. And I love that in this passage, it says that, uh, let me try to read it again. It says, uh, for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed the people for God. Now, what's really interesting to me about that is, remember I talked about defining moments and how John's trying to bring us into an eternal perspective? You see, from a historical perspective, Jesus failed. Jesus did not do what the prophecy said. prophecy said the king was going to rule from Israel the whole world. But that didn't happen. The Roman Empire was still ruling when John wrote this. In fact, John, I'm pretty sure, was on an island in prison because of the Romans, like, during this time. And yet, John here is saying that the Lion of Judah has come, the Root of David, he's here, and his name is Jesus. It was the lamb that they killed. You see, when you step into this eternal perspective, what you discover is that the way in which Jesus was going to become king was actually through being killed. It's the paradox of the gospel. The fact that it's through Jesus' death that all the world gets life. It's through his death, it's through his resurrection that we now get to live in the new life where he is king and he is Lord, but it came through a cross. So where do we get off as followers of Jesus where we think, oh, our life is going to be easy. Our life is going to go exactly how we planned. Why would it go that way? Where does it tell us in this book? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that anywhere. And that's why we have to step out of our our moment of our temporary chronological moment and we have to step into an eternal perspective that has to be our anchor that has to be what drives us that has to be our true north is that we're rooted and grounded in the truth that Jesus is king and he's a good king he's the lamb who was slain what he did was not only allowed him to be king over all the earth and all the heavens and everywhere that we look but he actually did this so that we can have a relationship with him because what does it say next it says it says that um you have made them that's you and me a kingdom and they are priests that's you and me of our god and they will reign on the earth you see it's through Jesus that we have been given this authority to play a part in his kingdom it's a beautiful truth you know When I'm thinking about what I'm saying, and I'm just reflecting in this moment even, I just really believe that Jesus is inviting us back into this truth. He's wanting us to see him for who he is. He's king. He's lord. But he's also that lamb that was slain for you. He's a good king. He loves you. He desires to know you. He desires to have a relationship with you. He wants to walk with you in this life. He wants to lead you and guide you into greater things. Now these greater things, like I said, like that's not greater things like uh, situationally. It's greater things in in revelation. It's greater things in eternal, internal things. It's not temporal things, you know. And so, so often myself included, I can get so caught up in the here and now that I forget about this eternal perspective. I forget about these eternal truths. And so I really felt like today that Jesus wants to remind us of who he is. Regardless of what you're going through, Jesus is king, he is Lord. Can we declare that together today? That he is worthy, that he is faithful, that he is that Lamb that was slain. To not only gain rulership and power over all things that was given to him by God, but that he also loves you so deeply. Can we surrender to him again. You know, in closing, I, when we we're talking about defining moments, I was thinking about Carolee and I, my wife, and I, there was this moment where I decided and I knew in my heart that Carolee was going to be my wife, that I wanted to commit my life to her, that I wanted to go through life with her. Now, she had her own moment and whether or not it was that moment, I don't know. But what I do know is that there was a buildup of things, there was a buildup of prayers, of, of dates, of experiences, of whatever. But there came a time and a place where I decided that this is the person that I want to do this life with. That was a decision that I made. And then when we got married on that ceremony was when we declared that decision. And then after that decision, now three years later as I'm recording this, I've had to live that decision out every day. And what I what I really feel like today and what I f- what I feel like I need to close in Is I really believe that Jesus is asking you, He's asking you out. For some of you, you have not committed, you've never heard this message of Jesus being king. And I really believe that Jesus is asking you, give me a shot. Let me show you who I am. Let me, let me, let me live, let me show my love to you. Let me show you the way that I care about you. Let me show you my intentionality. And I really believe that there's there's a moment that we're gonna have. That you're gonna have where you're gonna make this decision to follow him. But maybe right now it's not that. Maybe right now it's just simply saying, okay, you know what? I hear what Josiah is saying, I see what John's writing about. I I'm I'm open to hearing that. And if that's where you are, that's amazing. And just just pray that out loud. Just speak that out. Just say, Jesus, I'm open. I wanna hear you. I wanna see you. I'm not sure you are king, but I'm open to that idea. Now here's the thing for those of you who've been open. You've been looking for a sign. You've been waiting for God to speak to you. Right now is that moment where you're actually called to make this decision and say, you know what? I not only believe that Jesus is king, but I believe he's my king. And I want him to dictate and to define my life. I'm tired of being defined by the things that I've done or the things that I haven't done. I'm tired of being dictated by my own feelings and my own thoughts. I want to live for him and in him and through him. And I believe there's some of you that maybe the day is the day that you're going to make that decision. And then finally, I think there's others of us who Jesus is reminding of this, of this truth that he is king and that he's the lamb, that he loves us, and that he's the ruler. And he's inviting us to repent of the ways that we've not lived this way in the last week, in the last month, in the last years. And he's inviting us to live this way once again, to stop letting what we see in the temporal define how we act and how we live. But let him be the ruler. Let his way be the way that we follow. Now, you and I have no strength to do that on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, in closing, I just ask that you would, you would show up wherever this person or these people are listening to this. I ask that you would just fill them up with your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, would we be open to hear from you. We'd be open to live in your truth. God, will we get to this place where we've made this decision to have you be king, to have you be Lord, to have this relationship with you. And God, would you just give us the the path that we're meant to take as we walk out this faith, as we walk out this journey with you. Father, thank you for your intentionality. Thank you for your freedom. Thank you for the joy that we have in you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's message. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're looking for farther resources, such as music recommendations or book recommendations, or if you're just wanting to stay up to date on what's going on with this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at the thejmpcast. Next week, we are going to be starting a five-month journey through the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. I hope you'll consider joining me As we dive deeper into this question of what does it mean to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom.